Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to educating and empowering men to address erectile dysfunction, improve confidence, and enhance the satisfaction in their relationships. This podcast is brought to you by ErectionIQ.com. Learn more at ErectionIQ.com. Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. I am Mark Goldberg, Certified Sex Therapist. I am deeply passionate about working with men like you to help resolve their ED. Today we are joined by Dr. Justin Hellman. Dr. Hellman is a urologist with Tower Urology in Los Angeles, California. He completed a fellowship in male reproductive medicine and surgery and has published numerous articles and research papers on those topics. He is a champion of men's health and has dedicated his career to helping improve the quality of life for men. So today we want to explore what it's like working with a urologist to resolve erectile dysfunction during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. To get us started, can you tell us a bit about your practice? I am a urologist, as you mentioned, and with urology, obviously, um, urology is a very broad field. We deal with all types of issues with the urinary system, from kidney stones to incontinence to urinary retention, prostate issues, and cancers, the various cancers. But um, so I do all of that, but I'm specifically focused, or at least I'm fellowship trained in men's health. So essentially, I help guys who have difficulties having intercourse, achieving fertility. So it's a lot of male fertility involved. Um, a lot of erectile dysfunction, testosterone management, and really anything sex-related. That's a big part of my practice in terms of what I see. As a urologist, when someone struggling with erectile dysfunction comes to you, what is the standard diagnostic and treatment process like? You can't treat everybody the same. So some patients will come in and they have horrible erections and they're not too bothered by it. And other times, some guys have, you know, their erections are almost perfect, but they're very bothered by it because they're not perfect. So um, a lot of it's tailored towards the patient getting a good sense of where they are, where they want to be, what their goals are, and then really figuring out what is causing their erectile dysfunction. So it's very easy for me to just give patients medications, whether, you know, simply like giving them Viagra or Cialis, prescribing them Viagra or Cialis and telling them to come back in three months. But uh, my goal always, always for patients is to diagnose the issue because erectile dysfunction really is a sign of your overall health. So if you are experiencing erectile dysfunction specifically, especially at a young age, it's important to diagnose it and and treat, you know, potentially it's early onset diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol levels that's causing this. So the diagnosis is very key and that's just blood work. And sometimes it's even low testosterone that's causing it. But yeah, it's really diagnosing is the key, um, is a key component um, to figuring out what's causing the erectile dysfunction. And I would gather that the diagnostics will dictate what the treatment procedure would be. Is that correct? Precisely. Yeah. So sometimes a guy will come in and blood flow, you know, in terms of the physiology for the most part is good, but he may have low testosterone that's caused. And, you know, by fixing his testosterone levels, we're able to enhance his erections. Or sometimes it's you know, he has high blood pressure or he, ha- he's, uh, or he has early onset diabetes. And by correcting that, we could reverse, not only reverse the diabetes, but improve the erectile quality as a result of that as well. Got it. Now, Dr. Hellman, you're located in California, which has seen some of the most restrictive lockdown measures in the United States, probably similar to what is going on in many other countries around the world. Has that had a measurable or at least a corollary impact 
on the occurrence of erectile dysfunction in otherwise healthy men? Without question. So yes, especially young men. Young men who typically they're social, they're active, they're, they live you know, normal lives. Before COVID, they were living normal lives where they're going to work, having a social life outside work, exercising regularly. And uh, a lot of those guys, they're confined to, uh, especially if the ones that are single, they're not in relationships. They're confined to their apartments where they're working from home every day, you know, spending a lot of time in front of the computer. And that social interaction is not a huge part of their life, you know, during, especially during the worst parts of COVID. They, minimal, they were having minimal social interaction. And that takes a mental toll, obviously. But more importantly, a large chunk of those guys would, you know, they'd masturbate more. And uh, masturbation is definitely healthy to a certain extent, but excessive masturbation is could cause uh, sexual dysfunction issues as well. So it's twofold with that. You know, a lot of these guys would uh, develop erectile dysfunction or sexual dysfunction as a result of the lockdown measures and then, the you know, the, the activities that they engage in because of the lockdown measures. Now, there were some stories in the news of men who developed erectile dysfunction after having COVID. Is there currently any evidence that indicates this is an associated risk of COVID? And have you seen men for erectile dysfunction after they have experienced COVID-19? So, yeah, you know, I've, I've heard of this myself. Um, I haven't seen any patients who have had, uh, who have complained of erectile dysfunction as a result of COVID, as a result of getting the COVID virus. Um, some patients had said, hey, listen, I, I had COVID. I was having erectile dysfunction before, but now I'm here to see the doctor because it's the right time to discuss it. But um, the only thing I could think of as a result of COVID potentially causing some form of erectile dysfunction is we do know, you know, with COVID, patients would get uh, elevated, you know, they get fevers. And that could transiently, so temporarily, that could decrease your testosterone levels as the temp, as the testicles could get you know warmed up, and the testicles are very temperature sensitive. So if you increase the temperature too much, you know you may not be able to produce testosterone that's at the same level. And as a result of that, small subset of guys had had stated or they um, they 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 claim that um, they had some form of erectile dysfunction. But um, that's the only mechanism I could think of in terms of it causing the COVID virus causing uh, erectile dysfunction. And I recognize that oftentimes these stories are meant to grab people's attention, uh, meant to raise an awareness. And a lot of times they are only around for about a week or two. I imagine that if this was a widespread issue, this would be covered in a far more pronounced type of way uh, in the media. And is this a topic that would be covered much more widely if it was a pronounced or an associated risk of COVID-19? Yeah, I believe so. I think if I would think that you know if it if it was much more um, pronounced, then yeah, it would, it, or at least we'd be seeing a lot of patients or more patients in clinic um, exhibiting these uh, the symptoms as a result of the COVID virus. Is there any known concern that the available vaccines for COVID nineteen would impact male sexual function? That's a great question. It's a question a lot of guys um, have come to ask, both from sexual function as well as fertility. And there's currently zero evidence to suggest that the, the vaccine is gonna, could lead to either one of those, whether it's sexual dysfunction um, or male infertility. Um, now, you know, based on this is based on data that we have now. Now, is that 100% true or is that going to, um, years from now, is that going to stand? It's tough to say, but from my standpoint, I, I can't imagine any mechanism 
that could potentially a uh, mechanism of the vi- of the vaccine that could be leading to sexual dysfunction or infertility. So that should not be of concern from where the medical viewpoint is right now, recognizing that nobody can guarantee what things mean down the road. But in all likelihood, from what you can see right now, there's no reason to be concerned about that. Is that correct? Exactly right. So we're currently living in a telemedicine environment, which has advantages and disadvantages. Do you have an opinion on this? And what are the benefits and limitations that you see in particular with regard to treating erectile dysfunction? Telemedicine is it's here. I mean, COVID has pushed pushed telemedicine forward in terms of the role it plays in a medical practice. And it's it has its role. It has its role. Now, is it for every patient and every diagnosis? No, because many diagnoses, especially urologically, especially men's health, they require, you know, in-person consultation, not just to, you know, meet the patient, greet the patient, but more importantly, from a physical exam standpoint. And there's certain tests. Um, that we do run in the office that need to be performed, especially from an erectile dysfunction standpoint, that could lead to an, an accurate diagnosis, and with the accurate diagnosis leads to a better treatment. Um, otherwise, you know, from my standpoint, when it comes to treating erectile dysfunction, doing it purely on a telemedicine basis, it's it's not impossible. But and there's certain patients that could benefit, but for the broad majority of patients, it does require some of these diagnostic tests that we can do to figure out what's causing the erectile dysfunction. And the, the, uh, the thing I'll, I'll mention here is Romans and Hims, for example, they've been, um, you know, they've essentially been having the telemedicine model for treating erectile dysfunction for a couple of years before uh, COVID. And there is a study, there's a study that looked at patients who had come in with erectile dysfunction. And 40% of the time, those patients had a reversible cause of their erectile dysfunction. So a lot of times just giving Viagra and giving Cialis or these oral, these oral medications, they mask or they were masking some, an underlying medical issue that could have been corrected, that could have corrected their, not only preventing that uh, chronic disease from developing, but also fixing the, erect, the erectile dysfunction that that was causing. So it's important to see, you know, see a doctor in person if you are experiencing erectile dysfunction. And we could definitely appreciate that on this podcast about uh, trying to help men get to the root cause of what is driving the erectile dysfunction and not just looking for a fix or a patch. One of the things that people talk about with telemedicine, though, is that the increased access that telehealth and, and some of the platforms that you've mentioned has made for men to be able to come forward and get some of these conditions treated. Now, I understand that you work in a major metropolitan area, but for people who generally have problems accessing high quality care, has that been something which is advantageous from your perspective through the pandemic of being able to reach otherwise unaccessible professionals? Absolutely. So I have, you know, I've, I've had patients who have called from Las Vegas, Arizona, Northern California, even, you know, San Diego area who, um, who we do telemedicine consults and, and, it's, it's not to say that they're getting substandard care, but what it means is they're getting some of the, these tests and diagnostic tests that I was alluding to earlier. They're getting those done locally at local facilities. So from a patient standpoint, it gives them the opportunity to access doctors who, who are you know in major metropolitan centers who are super subspecialized in that particular diagnosis. So it's great for patients. And from a physician standpoint, it's great because you're able to provide this type of quality of care not just to your local 10, 15 mile radius. It's, so it's a win-win. It's a win-win for you know, both doctors and patients. And ultimately, 
it leads to better patient outcomes. And we have seen that also on the sex therapy side where people can access us from really anywhere in the world at this point. And that really has been fueled by the pandemic. We've seen that as an advantage. We also understand that on the medical side, if you're going to work with a professional, having access where you are to the tests that may be necessary is going to be an important component of your treatment. Exactly right. One of the focuses of this podcast and our website, Erection IQ, is the role of the brain in the erection process and ED. As a urologist, what do you see as the role of the mind in erections? How common is it that erection issues are caused by or worsened by mental aspects like performance anxiety and relationship issues? Huge component, especially in younger guys. So you can't discount the the role that the mind, the psyche, you know, your, your psyche going into having an erection. You can't you can't uh, underestimate the value of that. So um, a lot of guys, I have a lot of young patients in their 20s who are experiencing erectile dysfunction and Obviously, I want to make sure that the physiology makes sense. You know, everything is okay from an anatomic standpoint. So hormonally, um, their nerve function is okay. The blood, you know, the blood flow to the penis. You want to make sure all those things check out. Um, and you, uh, many times, broad majority of times, you know, they all of that physiologically, they're great, but it's it's in the mind. So a typical story, a typical story is a guy who he'll, he'll have an erection or he'll have a long night of drinking, try to have perform that night. He's unable to perform. Um, and the next time he's trying to perform, he'll remember this. And just a little bit of stress associated or a little bit of anxiety associated with that, he'll remember that previous time. It leads to a poor erection this time. And then, as you can imagine, the third time, fourth time, and it's this vicious cycle as the erections just continue to get worse. And all that's all in the head, right? It's all the psyche. That's where sex therapy is wonderful because sex therapists, their role is to break that cycle and reestablish that brain-penis connection. And as a result of that, they're able to achieve better erections. Now, every man experiencing erectile dysfunction is different and unique, and the treatment plans will vary. Is there a most common intervention or treatment that ends up as a satisfactory solution? So I'll always tell patients, I promise you some way, somehow, you will have an erection, a good, satisfying erection. It all depends on how aggressive you want to be as the patient. So um, most patients, about 80, 70, 80% of patients do very well on the oral therapies. The, the more common ones, the Viagra's and the Cialis's, you know, again, 70, 80% will do well on those. If th those that don't, you know, we advance them to slightly more invasive therapies. And these include injections, gels, shockwave therapy, which is a newer therapy, and sometimes even, you know, stem cell therapy, platelet-rich plasma therapy, and then sometimes even surgery with penile prosthesis. So um, tons of options available. But yeah, to answer your question, most men do very well. At least three quarters of men do very well in the oral therapies. Got it. What have you learned from the many men that have come to you who are dealing with erectile dysfunction? How common it is. How very, very common it is. Every man will experience some form of erectile dysfunction in his life. And you know, I've learned that most guys are very scared to talk about this and I get it. Obviously I'm a guy and I get it. The idea or the thought of speaking to a doctor about this or even engaging in that discussion to say, Hey, listen, I'm not able to perform in the bedroom. It's a tough discussion to have with a doctor, but you know, I always tell patients it's, it's so common. It's incredibly common. Um, and there's no reason to be scared about talking about it. So I always try to make it as comfortable as possible for the patient. But yeah, I mean, that's the, uh, that's the one thing I've, um, 
the, the one thing that I've, uh, I've learned that it's incredibly, incredibly common. If you had to give a line or two of advice to a younger, relatively healthy man who has experienced erectile dysfunction for the first time during the COVID-19 pandemic, what might be something uh, that you would advise him of? That it's, you know, a lot of this is a product of the, 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 you know, the product of the time we were living in, this somewhat artificial um, environment that we're living in, in terms of being stuck at home, minimize, you know, minimize social interactions and the mental and psychological impact that has on us. And that definitely can impact your erection. So if you're experiencing this, number one, you're not alone. Um, like I said, it's, I've seen a lot of patients, who, not just in person, but via telehealth, um, who have discussed this. And if you are feeling anxious, if you are worried about it, seek consultation because there's a lot of good options and a lot of good doctors out there who are happy to figure this out for you. Thank you very much, Dr. Hellman, for joining us on this podcast Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit ErectionIQ.com. That's ErectionIQ.com.